Welcome to the Last Call podcast. My name is Marissa Whitaker, and I'm the prevention educator at SUNY Cortland. And my name is Sarah McGowan. I'm the assistant director of student health and wellness at Onondaga Community College. Our jobs are to educate students about potential risks associated with substance use. We approach substance use from a neutral stance, and our episodes are rooted in public health with a focus on science and harm reduction. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, we have a special guest with us, Jen Tallarico, who's a senior counselor at the Counseling Center, will be joining us. And you might recognize her voice from our psychedelics and mental health episode. So welcome back, Jen. Thank you for having me. Well, we're happy to have you here. So on today's episode, we're going to be discussing the holiday season and its overlap with substance use. So for many people, the holidays are associated with indulgence, parties, and merriment. But for some, the holidays can be a tough time and a bit of a struggle to get through. So we're going to cover tips and how to set boundaries throughout the holiday season and how at certain times overconsuming or even consuming in general might not be the best option for you. Absolutely, Marissa. So I'm going to hit you all with some quick prevalence data. So according to the National Safety Council injury facts, in 2020, it's estimated that 160 people died on New Year's Day. 485 uh, died on Thanksgiving Day, and for Christmas Day, it's estimated that 340 people lost their lives, according to the injury facts. So alcohol impairment is involved in about a third of those fatalities. Um, so around those time, around these times of the holidays, there's lots of DWI checkpoints. So there's constantly, you know, additional patrols. And there's also a lot of drunk drivers on the road. So aside from the many safety risks that you put on yourself when you choose to drink and drive, do you really want to kick off your holidays with a DWI? Yeah. And, you know, how we get those DWIs, sometimes holidays are often associated with parties, alcohol consumption, indulging in food, drinks, gifts. Everything seems to be in excess. From a mental health standpoint, how is that problematic that we want everything in excess during the holidays? Yeah, I think that the holidays, especially, we tend to have really high expectations, right? We want everything to go perfect, whether that yep. is drinking with friends, seeing family, um, you know, if we're preparing and decorating, if we're hosting parties or um, shopping for the perfect gifts, making meals, we tend to go a little overboard and extreme. And if our expectations are set too high, it often can lead to disappointment, right? So then we can unfortunately experience a crash emotionally into depression and anxiety. There is like that normalization, the excess drinking too is okay. It is. It's like we um, plan for those like, you know, like like the day before Thanksgiving or holiday parties or even work parties where it's centered around drinking, right? And, and the expectation is we're going to let loose and we're going to really indulge here, but doesn't always have a good outcome. Yeah. It's also really interesting too, to kind of think about like when your family's just used to doing those things, but what if you don't want to do those things? Like what if your whole family, you know, likes to drink and party and you like are finally grown up and you're seeing that for the first time, you know, that I, I feel like that could be really difficult as well. Yeah, that's funny you say that, Sarah. Earlier today, Jen and I were talking about the night before Thanksgiving, like such a huge drinking holiday, everyone going out in your hometown. And maybe you don't want to go out and see people. Maybe it's, it's triggering to see an ex, to see old friends, to see a life that you could have tried to leave behind. 
Right. And, and sometimes I think people feel like they are a different person now when they enter that hometown. And sometimes it's hard because when you pull into your hometown, you can re-enter that part of yourself a little bit. Like some of those insecurities might come back or, you know, who you were at that time or worrying that they'll see you and think you're that same person. So that can be really hard, not only like triggering, but then, you know, if all of a sudden you want to avoid those situations, how do you have those conversations with family or friends of why you don't want to be engaging and going out and drinking? Mm -hmm. in that hometown. Yeah, absolutely. Two, something that kind of came to mind as you both were talking was like the quote comparison is the thief of joy. But if you aren't where you thought you'd be like at this point in your life and you're going home and you're like seeing all of your friends who might be, you know, to you seemingly, you know, more accomplished or doing more, you know, with their lives than you are, I feel like that that could be hard too. It can be hard too um, if you're trying to set limits for yourself, if you're trying to, um, you know, whether that's alcohol limits or just limits for what you're willing to put up with over the holidays from friends, family. So I think another part of this too, from the mental health perspective, is that sometimes um, we think that, you know, going out and, and drinking will help us let loose, right? It'll help calm our anxiety. It'll help calm our depression. It'll, it'll lead to a good time. But, you know, studies have shown that heavy drinking for extended periods really impacts the brain and it reduces serotonin, which is the chemical that really regulates our memory, our sleep, our hunger, our mood. So really it's doing the opposite, right? It's not helping our, our anxiety or depression. It can actually make it much worse. And, you know, I think there's also that assumption, like we said, that this is a merry time, right? And for some, it's not. You know, it can really be a privilege to have a happy family environment to go home to or a happy friend system to go home to. Not everyone has that. and Not everyone even has a home to go home to, right? There are some people that the holidays are even more difficult because they're celebrating it alone or it brings up the memory of who's not there, whether that is because of a relationship dynamic where it's not healthy to have that person around or because someone has passed away. So those are additional things that can just make it a, a much more difficult time for some. So um, we did a really good job kind of talking about some different examples of what could be stressful, you know, holiday situations. But Jen, what are some ways that people can cope with those stressful holiday situations? Yeah, I think one of the first things, especially when it comes to this idea of um, overindulging or over drinking is to think about, you know, what are we really looking for? Right. Like if we have that urge to overindulge or, or over drink, you know, are we looking for a way to just cope with our emotions? Are we looking for a way to connect with others? Are we looking for a way to hide from ourselves or our stress? So I really think first understanding, you know, why am I doing this? What am I really looking for? And then thinking, is there a way to do this healthier? Is there a way to cope healthier? Is there a way to connect with others in a healthier way, whether that's family or friends? Um, I think another way to deal with some of this, it's also limiting or critically thinking about social media. You know, we tend to all go on social media, especially during the holidays or even um, on TV, right? Even just media in general, it's all these positive messages, right? We're seeing all of the good that people are posting, which we know really isn't everyone's reality. We're not seeing behind closed doors. We're not seeing, you know, after that fun night out, what did it look like the next day for these you know, individuals? So, I think really um, being aware that that's not necessarily reality and not to compare ourselves to that. And again, I, th I think really, you know, those high expectations, right? Making sure that we're, you know, not setting ourselves up to fail and that we're focusing on what is within our control, right? We can't control 
other individuals. So we can't control if our, our family or friends overindulge or, you know, how they might cope with things, but we can't control what we do, how we react, how we conduct ourselves and, and just trying to make sure we're, we're looking out for ourselves and doing the best that we can for ourselves. Yeah. And I mean, you bring up a really good point on like the family friend piece of that. Like oftentimes we might feel pressure from our family, from our friends to drink. Like, you you know, you walk in the door and there's like a pile of food and a bar set up and you're greeted with a drink and saying no to that can be a challenge. Um, limiting yourself to that if there's always someone refilling your drink can be a challenge. Um, and then, you know, if you decide that you do want to cut down or you do want to cut back or just limit what you're drinking, um, spending time around family and friends who don't know that or might not support it or they may be making a joke about it, that can be really tough, especially if you're new into, you know, your journey of whether that's sobriety or just new into harm reduction for alcohol. It is It is really hard, though, how quickly complicated these family systems can be, right? Like you're sitting there and then everything's fine. And then another family member, maybe they've had too much to drink or not, can just start to escalate, say something that upsets someone else. It's all of a sudden very tense. And what do you do, right? Like, how do you exit the situation? Do you have someone you can call? Do you have a different room you can go in? Again, like it's not always that, that cookie cutter, easy solution either. So sometimes it, I think it's about making a plan ahead of time. Like if you know family can be triggering or some of these events are likely to happen, maybe again, like a realistic expectation, setting that ahead and really thinking what's my exit strategy. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, especially if things are tense going into it, better have a plan than not, especially after you've been drinking. So, John, is there anything else from a mental health perspective that we should be keeping in mind? I think during this time of year, you know, in addition to you know family stress, um, friendship stress, the stress of the holidays, it's also important to realize that there can be financial stress, right? Like sometimes these holidays involve a lot of shopping or other expenses, um, academic stress, right? Some of these holidays can be in between like midterms or finals or even you know, over the breaks, sometimes, you know, we're taking academic classes or we can be stressing what happened academically the, the previous semester. And there's also those busy elements of traveling and planning, as well as seasonal affective disorder. I think it's important to also realize that for some, this can hit really hard. The days are shorter and there is less sunlight, which can also foster more depression naturally. So now that we covered some of the heavy stuff, Let's kind of flip the script and do some silver linings and some coping strategies. So, Sarah, throw some tips at us. What can we do? Absolutely. So I think the first most important thing is that if you are going to go out, it's always important to have a plan before. So think of a plan before you pick up that first drink. Think about how you're going to get there, how you're going to get home, and then also have a backup plan because we do know that sometimes plans fall through. So having the soberest of the drunk drivers is not a good solution. So having a plan, having a backup plan, and then, you know, just having an additional person you can call who isn't at the party is always a good idea. Call um, that friend who's avoiding the crowd and all the people they went to high school with. They're out there. And they, they might want the break from their family too. Yes, exactly. Right. There you go. So this is definitely like this can serve multiple people. Also, you know, going with that backup plan, depending on what your hometown looks like, you might not have an Uber, you might not have a taxi. So that's why, again, just like Sarah said, think about this before. Another thing that 
is really helpful is just taking a few minutes to step away. So, you know, realizing when you might be getting close to a point where you're getting frustrated, you feel yourself getting angry, getting upset, stepping away, taking a few minutes for yourself because you, you are important too. And I know we've, we've talked a little bit about this already today, but just really reinforcing that setting healthy boundaries as well. So whether that's the friends, family, or yourself. And along with those setting healthy boundaries with yourself, it's important to realize that sometimes we can be different versions of ourselves. Like I know sometimes when um, students go away to school, it's like you have your your home self and your college self, right? And sometimes it feels like two different people, or sometimes we feel like we're one person with our family or one person with our friends. So really just, you know, keeping that in mind too, when thinking, are we overextending ourselves? Are we being true to ourselves? And, you know, how can we spend time with everyone as well and and not overextend them that way as well? Yeah, no, that's very true. And then, you know, kind of talking about spending time with people in some ways, going from having a bunch of freedom, being on a college campus, not having to ask to go do things to now you're back at home and you're like, can I go out? Like, I'll be home. Could be a little bit tougher to go back to, you know, asking your family, can I borrow the car keys? So that's it's a whole different way of life going home too. Yeah, that adjusting can be difficult for sure. So some other things, thinking about ways that you can slow absorption. So we talk about this significantly, Maris, um, when we're talking about, you know, reducing the harm from alcohol, but just making sure that you realize that water does not sober you up. The only thing that does is time making sure that you're sipping your drinks slowly, not chugging your drinks. Make sure you're thinking about how much you're drinking. Make sure you're spacing out your drinks. All of those amazing tips that we've taught you over these last, you know, podcast episodes. <laughs> Putting those into practice is going to be key if you do decide to consume on these, you know, higher drinking holidays. Thinking too with what Sarah just said too, I wonder like if we should mention that it is also just so much easier. Like I think of like parade day too, right? Where it's like, you don't realize how much you're drinking. Everyone's just chugging and doing shots and it's not like a normal night out almost. Like sometimes we lose or even like home with our family, right? It's like sometimes we just might not even be paying attention to how much we're over drinking. You start drinking in the morning and you know, by the time it's five o'clock, you've had, you know, 10 to 15 drinks and the day's not even over yet. So absolutely. Yeah. And then for people that, whether that's, they don't feel safe going home or for people that truly don't have a home to go to, you know, there are people on campus who you can reach out to about this. So whether that's ResLife staff, an RA, just a professor, someone who can help connect you with some resources and, you know, whether that's an unsafe environment or just an unhealthy environment. So, you know, Jen, kind of talking about that unhealthy or that sober environment, how can we be supportive of somebody if if they don't want to drink during the holidays? I think that um, this is happening more and more too, right? I think especially when people are becoming more like self-aware and and, and making healthier choices for themselves, this is really admirable and really important when someone's making that decision. And we really want to support our loved ones the most that we can when they're making that decision. So maybe that comes down to, Again, like that connection piece, you know, like are are there other things to do? What else is there to do? Even if it is just spending time one-on-one with someone, right? It doesn't actually have to be going out. There's ways to go out and remain sober or there's just completely moving the environment and not having that temptation even there in the first place. So really maybe having that conversation of, you know, what would that person like to do? You know, what is something that, that, that could be a fun bonding experience in a different way? 
even just like not drinking along with them. If you know, you have to be in the same spot and then try to see maybe there could be other family members who are willing to support them with that. And then if you are drinking, being discreet about it, being courteous about it, you know, you don't have to be sneaky because that's not helpful either. But you also don't have to, you know, every time you go up to the person, you have a drink in your hand, just, you know, being courteous and respectful of their wishes and and what they're going through too. And Jen, I think you did a really great job kind of talking about like only you can only control you and what you can control. So just kind of keeping that in mind too, because, you know, you might think that you want to change your family or, you know, you're able to affect, you know, their actions, but the bottom line is the only person that you can control is yourself and how you react to those things. And also for, for anyone that is struggling with anything we've mentioned today, um, whether that's, you know, struggling ourselves emotionally, struggling with how to cope with someone else. Also remembering that there are counseling resources that are out there, whether that's during the semester and that's at your um, academic college or university, whether that's in your hometown, whether that's online virtually or through mobile crisis or hotlines, like there, there are resources out there. So um, looking those up online or calling local um, facilities that can get you those resources as well. Cause if there's nothing wrong with experiencing extra stress, like we've talked about today and also getting help when needed for that extra stress. So with that, thank you for listening to the last call podcast. We hope that everyone has a safe and healthy holiday, regardless of how you choose to celebrate it. Bye.